Welcome to The Word for Today, featuring the Bible teaching of Pastor Chuck Smith, founder of the Calvary Chapel Movement. This radio program is a verse-by-verse study through the entire Bible. And on today's edition of The Word for Today, Pastor Chuck continues with the swarms upon Pharaoh as we pick up in Exodus chapter 8, verse 28. And now with today's message, here's Pastor Chuck. Pharaoh said, I will let you go that you may sacrifice the Lord your God in the wilderness, only ye shall not go very far away. Now, ask God to get rid of these flies. So the second compromise, first of all, go in the land. Now, don't go very far. And Moses said, Behold, I go out from thee, and I will pray to the Lord that the swarms may depart from Pharaoh and from his servants and from the people tomorrow. But let not Pharaoh deal deceitful anymore in not letting the people go to sacrifice to the Lord. And Moses went out from before the Pharaoh, and he entreated the Lord, and the Lord did according to the word of Moses, and he removed the swarms from the Pharaoh and from his servants and from his people, and there remained not one. And Pharaoh hardened, kabed, his heart. At this time also neither would he let the people go. Then the Lord said unto Moses, Go in unto Pharaoh. And now we have the sixth demand. And tell him, Thus saith the Lord God of the Hebrews, Let my people go that they may serve me. For if you refuse to let them go and will hold them still, behold, the hand of the Lord is upon your cattle, which are in the field, and upon the horses, and upon the asses, and the camels, upon the oxen, upon all your sheep. And there will be a grievous murrain or a boil kind of a disease coming upon the animals. And uh, the Lord shall sever between the cattle of Israel and the cattle of Egypt, and there shall nothing die that is the children of Israel's. And the Lord appointed a set time, saying, Tomorrow the Lord shall do this thing in the land. And the Lord did that thing on the morrow, and all. Now that word all there is in a generic kind of a sense. The cattle of Egypt died, but the cattle of the children of Israel died not one. That is, all of the cattle that died were the Egyptians. It doesn't mean that all of the Egyptians' cattle died. But all the cattle that died were the Egyptians, not any of the children of Israel's cattle died. You you see what I'm trying to tell you? Because uh, later on we're going to find, again, the cattle of the Egyptians being hurt by the hail that God sends. So in they all, that is, all of the cattle that died were Egyptian cattle. And so uh, it doesn't mean that the cattle were totally wiped out. All of the Egyptians' cattle were totally wiped out. Pharaoh sent, and behold, there was not one of the cattle of the Israelites dead. And the heart of the Pharaoh was hardened, and he did not let the people go. The Lord said unto Moses, and unto Aaron. Now this time they don't go. This is one of those again that just comes on the Pharaoh (laughs) unannounced. Take your handfuls of ashes from the furnace and let Moses sprinkle it towards heaven in the sight of Pharaoh. And it shall become small dust in the land of Egypt and shall be a boil breaking forth with blains upon man, upon beasts throughout all the land of Egypt. So germ warfare, nothing new. 
And they took ashes of the furnace and stood before the Pharaoh, and Moses sprinkled it up toward the heaven, and it became a boil breaking forth with blains upon man and upon the beast. And the magicians could not stand before Moses because they were covered with boils. And the boil was upon the magicians and upon all the Egyptians. And the Lord hardened the heart of Pharaoh, and he hearkened not to them as the Lord had spoken to Moses. And the Lord said unto Moses, Rise up early in the morning and stand before Pharaoh and say unto him, Thus saith the Lord God of the Hebrews, Let my people go. So another demand, the seventh demand actually, that they may serve me. For I will at this time send all my plagues upon your heart and upon your servants and upon your people, that you may know that there is none like me in all the earth. Again, back to 5.2, Who is the Lord? I don't know the Lord. Well, you're finding out. For now I will stretch out my hand that I may smite thee and thy people with pestilence and thou shalt be cut off from the earth. For in very deed for this cause have I raised thee up for to show in thee my power that my name may be declared throughout all the earth. So this verse 16 is one of those verses that uh, speaks of the sovereignty of God. For this very reason I've raised thee up that I might wipe thee out, really with tremendous power so that all the earth will know. Paul refers to this in the ninth chapter of uh, the book of Romans as he is talking there of the sovereignty of God. And Paul doesn't seek to explain the sovereignty of God. He just declares it. Now, I don't have to explain the sovereignty of God. I can just declare to you that God is sovereign. I, I, I can't fully understand God's sovereignty and how that works out with human responsibility, but I know it does. Because even though God is sovereign, we are also responsible for our actions. In other words, I cannot blame my actions against God. Paul says it's, there are some here because God hardened the heart of the Pharaoh or made stiff his heart. And because God said, hey, look, I've raised thee up for this purpose that I might just actually show my power that my name be may be declared throughout all the earth so that if God made me this way, then how can I resist the will of God, you see? If God raised me up for this purpose, then who am I to resist the will of God? But yet Paul says you cannot take that argument and you can't really reach that conclusion from the sovereignty of God, yet people do. They say, well, God is sovereign then who am I? You know, what doesn't make any difference what I do, etc. And they, they use that as an excuse for inactivity. Never. And yet you exalt yourself against my people and you'll not let them go. Behold, tomorrow about this time I will cause it to rain a very grievous hail such as never been in Egypt since the foundation thereof until now. Send therefore now and gather your cattle and all that you have in the field, for upon every man and beast which shall be found in the field, you see there's still some cattle out in the field, that shall not be brought home, the hail will come down upon them and they will die. And he that feared the word of the Lord among the servants of Pharaoh made his servants and his cattle flee into the barns. And he that regarded not the word of the Lord left his servants and his cattle in the field. So Moses is now giving them a warning. Tomorrow there's going to be a hail like you've never seen before, and uh, you better get your cattle in. Well, those who really feared the word of the Lord 
obeyed, got their cattle into the barns, and they were okay. But there are others who say, ah, you know, coincidence. And they left their cattle out in the field with the servants, and of course they got wiped out by the hail. The Lord said unto Moses, Stretch forth your hand toward the heaven, that there may be a hail in all the land of Egypt, upon man, upon beast, upon every vegetable of the field, throughout all the land of Egypt. And Moses stretched forth his rod toward heaven. The Lord sent thunder and hail, and fire ran along the ground. And the Lord rained hail on the land of Egypt, so that there was hail and fire mingled with hail, very grievous, such as there was none like it in all the land of Egypt since it became a nation. And the hail smote throughout all the land of Egypt, all that was in the field, both man and beast. The hail smote every vegetable of the field. It broke every tree of the field. Only in the land of Goshen, where the children of Israel were, there was no hail. And Pharaoh sent, and he called for Moses and Aaron and said unto them, I have sinned this time. What about the other times, Pharaoh? <laughs> the Lord is righteous. And I and my people are wicked. Entreat the Lord, for it is enough that there be no more mighty thunderings and hail, and I will let you go, and ye shall stay no longer. And Moses said unto him, As soon as I am gone out of the city, I will spread abroad my hands unto the Lord, and the thunder shall cease, neither shall there be any more hail, that you may know how that the earth is the Lord's. But as for thee and thy servants, I know that you will not yet Fear the Lord God. So it is interesting that we have now a confession of sin. I have sinned. The Lord is righteous. I and the people are wicked. But it was an insincere confession of sin. I've heard a lot of people say, oh, I'm a sinner. Well, it wasn't in any way a repentant kind of a thing. With the confession of sin, there must be a, a real repentance, a turning away from sin in order that there be forgiveness. Confession in and of itself is not enough. There's got to be that turning away from sin. So Pharaoh said, hey, I'm, I'm a sinner. But, and he'll say it again, but it's an insincere confession. And the flax and the barley was smitten, for the barley was in the ear, and the flax was bold. But the wheat and the rye were not smitten, for they were not yet grown. And Moses went out of the city from Pharaoh. He spread abroad his hands to the Lord, and the thunder and the hail ceased, and the rain was not poured upon the earth. And when Pharaoh saw that the rain and the hail and the thunder had stopped, he sinned yet more and hardened his heart, he and his servants, and the heart of Pharaoh was hardened, neither would he let the children of Israel go, as the Lord had spoken by Moses. And the Lord said unto Moses, Go in unto Pharaoh, for I have hardened his heart and the heart of his servants, that I might show these my signs before him. And that thou mayest tell in the ears of thy son and of thy son's son what things I have wrought in Egypt and my signs which I have done among them, that ye may know how that I am the Lord. Now, the Lord has been doing these things up to this point to let Pharaoh know who he is, that he may know that I am the Lord. Now it's an interesting twist here. I'm doing these also for the purpose that you might tell your sons and they might tell their sons and they might tell their sons. 
that they may know that I am the Lord, that you tell them the things that I did to the Egyptians. And so this part of the history of Israel remains a vital part of the Israeli history, even to the present day. It is the history that the children must all study. But the tragic thing to me is that so many Jews today look upon it as mythology, as fables. Even as every country has its mythology, the Greeks have their mythology, the Roman mythology, many Jews look upon this as mythology. That is sad indeed. Because what do you learn from mythology? What lessons are to be gained from mythology? How can you know that the Lord is really Lord from mythology? So God wanted them to know that he was Lord, that they might rehearse these things to their children. And Moses and Aaron came in unto Pharaoh and said unto him, Thus saith the Lord God of the Hebrews, How long will you refuse to humble yourself before me? Let my people go, that they may serve me. Or else, if you refuse to let my people go, behold, tomorrow I will bring locusts into thy coast and they shall cover the face of the earth that you will not be able to see the earth. They shall eat the residue which has escaped and has remained unto you from the hail. They will eat every tree which grows for you out of the field. They will fill your houses and the houses of your servants and the houses of all the Egyptians which neither thy fathers nor thy father's fathers have ever seen since the day that they were upon the earth unto this day and he turned himself and went out from Pharaoh. So he gave Pharaoh warning, Tomorrow the locusts are coming. And Pharaoh's servant said unto him, How long shall this man be a snare to us? Let them go, that they may serve the Lord their God. Don't you know that Egypt is about destroyed? So now the servants of Pharaoh are beginning to say, Hey, wise up. You know, how long are you going to let them wipe us out? We're just about destroyed. Let them go. And so Moses and Aaron were called in by the Pharaoh, and he said unto them, and now he offers another compromise, Go and serve the Lord your God, but who are they that shall go? And Moses said, We will go with our young, with our old, with our sons, with our daughters, with our flocks and our herds. We will go, for we must hold the feast unto the Lord. And he said unto them, Let the Lord be so with you, and I will let you go, and your little ones look to it, for evil is before you. Not so now. Go now, you that are men, and serve the Lord all that you desire. And they that were driven out from Pharaoh's presence. So Pharaoh is offering the compromise. Look, you can go, but let your children stay. Don't take your children with you. It's going to be tough out there in the wilderness and all, and, and don't subject your children to that. Now, if you want to go and serve your God, that's in your heart, and you got to do it, then do your thing. But oh, don't make your kids be a part of it. How many times Satan says, hey, you know, you don't want to rob your kids from fun. Now, if you want to make your commitment to the Lord and you want to live a life of dedication to God, that's all right for you. You know, you're going to do it. But hey, don't put that kind of a trip on your kids. You don't want them to be, you know, thought of as, as weird or, or, or whatever. And so 
you know, let them go ahead and do the things with the other kids so that they're not thought of as different. Go, but, you know, don't take your children with you. What an insidious compromise. And the Lord said unto Moses, Stretch out your hand over the land of Egypt for the locusts, that they may come upon the land of Egypt and eat every vegetable of the land, even all that the hail has left. And Moses stretched forth his rod over the land of Egypt. And the Lord brought an east wind upon the land all that day and all that night. And when it was morning, the east wind brought the locusts. And the locusts went up over all the land of Egypt and rested in all the coast of Egypt. Very grievous were they. Before them were no such locusts as they neither after them shall be such. For they covered the face of the whole earth so that the land was darkened. And they did eat every herb or vegetable of the land and all the fruit of the trees which the hail had left. And there remained not any green thing in the trees or in the vegetables of the field through all the land of Egypt. Then Pharaoh called for Moses and Aaron in haste and said, I have sinned against the Lord your God and against you. Now therefore forgive, I pray thee, my sin only this once and entreat the Lord your God that he may take away from me this death only. So again, the confession of sin. And again, the asking of them to pray for him. But again, an insincere confession of sin. But he said this, this once, once more, this is the last time. And it's true, it is the last time that he asked them to pray for him. And he went out from Pharaoh and entreated the Lord, and the Lord turned a mighty strong west wind, which took away the locusts and cast them into the Red Sea. And there remained not one locust in all the coast of Egypt. But the Lord hardened Pharaoh's heart so that he would not let the children of Israel go. And the Lord said unto Moses, Stretch out your hand toward the heaven, that there may be a darkness over the land of Egypt, even darkness which may be felt. And Moses stretched forth his hand toward heaven, and there was a thick darkness in all the land of Egypt for three days. And they saw not one another, neither uh, rose any from his place for three days, but all the children of Israel had light in their dwellings. And Pharaoh called unto Moses and said, Go ye, serve the Lord, only let your flocks and your herds be stayed. The last compromise that he suggests. Go, you know, serve God, but don't take your possessions. Let your flocks and herds remain. Give yourself, but... Don't give your possessions to God. Let your little ones also go along with you. And Moses said, You must give us also sacrifices and burnt offerings that we may sacrifice to the Lord your God. Our cattle also shall go with us, and there shall not a hoof be left behind. In other words, Moses is saying, Man, when we go, we're going all the way. We're not going to even leave anything behind. Nothing is to be left behind when we go. For therefore must we take to serve the Lord our God, and we know not with what we must serve the Lord until we come there. In other words, we don't know what God is going to ask us to give to him. We don't know what sacrifice he's going to ask us to make until we get there. So we've got to take everything in order that we might be prepared for whatever God may call upon us to sacrifice unto him. And Pharaoh said unto him, Get out of here. And you be careful that you don't see my face again. For the day you see my face, you're a dead man. And Moses said 
that's well spoken because I'll never see your face again. So they did not leave each other in the best of terms. So next week we get into the final plagues and into the flight of the children of Israel as we continue chapters 11 through 15 for next Sunday as we continue our study through the Word of God. Keep up with your reading during the week. Read it over. If you have a Haley's Bible Pocket Handbook, read it over also in Haley's. You'll get a lot interesting insight out of Haley's. I highly recommend and suggest this Bible Pocket Handbook um, as the first book you get after your Bible. Uh, the first book of your library, I think, should be Haley's Bible Pocket Handbook or all of the rich information that it has stored up. And so if you'll read it alongside with the Bible, he just gives you good insight and background into the scriptures, historical, archaeological, and all just helpful insight. We'll return with more of our verse-by-verse Bible study in the book of Exodus on our next broadcast as Pastor Chuck continues to teach through the Bible. And we do hope you'll make plans to join us. But right now, if you'd like to order a copy of today's message, simply order Exodus 8-10 through when visiting thewordfortoday.org. And while you're there, be sure to browse the many additional biblical resources by Pastor Chuck. You can also subscribe to the Word for Today podcast or sign up for our email subscription. Once again, that's thewordfortoday.org. For those of you wishing to call, our toll-free number is 1-800-272-WORD. And our office hours are Monday through Friday, 8 a.m. to 5 p.m. Pacific Time. Again, that's 1-800-272-9673. If you prefer to write, our mailing address is The Word for Today, P.O. Box 8000, Costa Mesa, California, 92628. And now, on behalf of the Word for Today, we'd like to thank all of you who share in supporting this ministry with your prayers and financial support. And be sure to join us again next time as Pastor Chuck continues his verse-by-verse study through the Bible. That's right here on the next edition of The Word for Today. And now, once again, here's Pastor Chuck. May the Lord be with you. Oh, may God bless you. And, and just fill you with the knowledge and the understanding of himself, that you may come to know him in a deeper, fuller, richer way. And growing up in him to maturity, you might come into that measure of the stature of the fullness of the image of Christ as God by his spirit restores that which was lost because of the fall. So God bless you in your walk. May it get better than it ever was before. This program has been sponsored by Calvary Chapel of Costa Mesa, California. What does the future hold? Is the end of time really near? When will the church be raptured? What is the rapture? Will we see the Antichrist? What about the Great Tribulation? Join Pastor Chuck Smith as he answers these and many more questions about the end times in his exciting book, Final Act. Now available in hardcover, Pastor Chuck gives great insight into man's final days here on earth. 
Joe Rosenberg calls Final Act a powerful, provocative end times primer. Tim LaHaye states this unique and dramatic treatment is both true to scripture and practical. Read about this exciting drama and get answers to your questions on world wars, the Antichrist, the Great Tribulation, the Second Coming, and more. For more information on how to order your copy, visit us online at thewordfortoday.org or call toll-free at 1-800-272-WORD. That's 1-800-272-9673.